0: We all have a yearning for love, but relationships can be confusing and complicated. Dr. Tammy Balashevsky says it all starts from within. It starts with a journey to center. Here's your host for Journey to Center on Empower Radio, Dr. Tammy Balashevsky. Hello, my exquisite friends. I'm so happy to be connecting with you here today on Empower Radio. Yes, relationships can be confusing and challenging. Some of the reason for this is often because of an imbalance of energy, control dramas, and power struggles. The way to heal this dysfunctional dance is for each person to become really whole and authentically empowered within themselves. Not only is this a dynamic I see in my counseling practice with couples, it is also something I'm seeing in the world. The world has revered the energy of the masculine over the energy of the feminine for thousands of years. But it seems to me a shift is happening. And I, for one, am very excited. Here to talk about the importance of the power of the divine feminine is my expert, Dr. Christine Page. Dr. Page has written seven books, including Frontiers of Health and her most recent book, The Healing Power of the Sacred Woman, Healing Creativity and fertility for the soul. Dr. Page has over 30 years of experience in the caring professions as doctor, homeopath, and one who sees. She's currently focusing her attention on women's healing wisdom and education, sharing her intuitive insights and knowledge through workshops, inspirational keynotes, and individual sessions. Dr. Page considers herself to be a bridge builder between physical health and consciousness. So, Dr. Page, I'm so excited to be having you here on the show today.
1: Oh, that's so kind of you to invite me. It's a pleasure to be with you.
0: Yes, I got your book several months ago, read it, loved it, thought-provoking, inspiring, wonderful, and I can't recommend it enough. And I would love to know why you wrote this book. What inspired you to write this book?
1: That's a great question. I I, you know what inspired me was that I was watching television and somebody was talking about a personality or and they said fancy her getting breast cancer she's such a nice person and I wanted to scream at the television and say, that's the problem. She's too nice.
0: <laughs> I, I love that you're bringing this up. You know, I've had several friends, people I know, end up with breast cancer. And, and yeah, maybe they are too nice. And what I've sensed, and I'd love your sense about this because it's your area of expertise, it seems these women have. Um, a wonderful ability to care for others and nurture others, but maybe aren't so good at nurturing or caring for themselves. Is there a correlation there?
1: Oh, absolutely. And, you know, I have worked, as you say, for over 30 years with people, and, and I've done a lot of work with cancer, and I've seen so much in my medical profession, my, care, my counseling profession, that 85% of cancer patients are nice people, and they have this desire to please other people, they have an anxiety about saying no, they tend to not be able to express their anger well, and they tend to think that their sense of identity, their sense of self-worth comes from taking care of other people. And what happens is they lose themselves along the way. And I think that cancer becomes the way in which we often are reminded of, wow, where did I go? I got lost. And so I have to say to the listeners that at finishing this book after two years, two weeks after finishing the book, I developed breast cancer. So talk about an ironic twist to the story. <laughs> A oh, twist. my gosh,
0: that's, that, that's crazy. You would think it would be preventative.
1: <laughs> I, I know, but obviously, first of all, I think that the, the cancer helped me to rewrite the book. So while I was having re- radiotherapy, I actually rewrote big section of the book because I was much more clear about my message. And also, I feel that I had to walk my talk. That's very much my way. And obviously, there were things inside me, I was definitely too nice. (laughs) So I'm learning to be less nice. And uh, being a bit bit more self-aware and self-centered, maybe, and thinking of myself before I say yes to somebody else. So these are Things that I'm saying, you know, don't don't do what I do, do what I say. <laughs> but also And that's
0: isn't that the case? So many people are teachers and they speak from their pedestal, but I do like to look at their life as a living example. Is this somebody yeah. I really want to learn from? And the answer with you is absolutely. And it does seem like that gave you an opportunity to to go even deeper with this subject. And I just love some of the things that you say in your book about this. You have said at least 90% of illness is a wake-up call from the soul and that our physical body acts as the soul's most perfect messenger, that the body listens more intently to the soul's desires than the desires of the personality or ego. So, health challenges or disease are, are really a message from the soul. That's Absolutely. pretty profound.
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, I put 90 odd percent. I probably could say ninety ninety nine 99 percent.
0: Yeah, it could be higher.
1: It could be I higher. Think. And basically, uh, I have this comes from my, as I say, 30, for 30 35 years of experience of seeing thousands of people. And the, and the most important question to ask is what was going on in your life when you got sick? And mm-hmm. I have worked with people who have never, ever thought of this. I never, ever been self-aware And they immediately say, I know why I have cancer. And it's like, wow, if you know why you have cancer, why are we not listening to you as a part of the medical profession? Why are we avoiding this vital information? And sometimes the people will tell me it was the only way of taking time out. It was the only way of getting anybody to listen. It was the only way of me listening. And it's like, wow, the body really loves us. And it wants us to often look at life and say, what is no longer working for us?
0: And that is so profound because with allopathic medicine, you say it's um, firmly focused on physical wellness, not spiritual growth. And they essentially try to shoot the messenger.
1: Exactly. And and I have to say, even complementary practitioners, of which I am one, and I have great respect for holistic and complementary practitioners, but even then when I got sick, I was hearing people just would comment to me, oh, well, you need to do this, this, and this. This is why you have cancer. And I felt, hang on a minute, you're not asking me what I might be doing about this. Mm-hmm. And, and I think the implication was we can get rid of your cancer. And I said, well, hang on, I've created it. Please will you give me permission to decide when I'm ready to let go of it and only when I've heard its message.
0: And that reminds me of something my teachers would say, allow people the dignity of their process. And it doesn't have to seem dignified to anybody else, but to hold space and allow people the dig- dignity of their process. Nobody wants anything shoved down their throat. So I I just really um, can understand and relate, and I respect your perspective. It's um, a very different way of, of dealing with health challenges than then a lot of the things that are available to us. I know I've had my health challenges and I really felt if I didn't take care of business, I was going to end up with breast cancer. Just intuitively, I felt that. Right. And um, I started taking greater responsibility so that I don't feel I'm going to have to go down that path.
1: Right. And, and to me, you know, if I do have to go down that path again, obviously that's good. I, I want to say that your soul is that my soul actually is loving me on this journey. It's not something Mm -hmm. being done to me. Mm -hmm. And I would just love to get rid of those words that talk about being attacked and a victim and a suffering. And it's, you know, how can we not understand that sometimes the most loving things can be the most painful, but in the end of the day, they change us like nothing else will.
0: That is so true, and I actually quoted you on Facebook today. There's nothing in my life that has happened, however painful, that has not made me better on the other side of it.
1: There we go. There we go.
0: So profound. Well, that really takes you out of the victim stance and puts you in a more empowered place, which to me, that's what this network is all about.
1: (laughs) Oh, I hear you, and I, I say to people, you can never change as a victim. There's no way, if you continue saying something's happening to you, that any change will come into your life.
0: I just love that so much. And I say, there's two ways to live victim or empowered. Yeah. And you can't be making somebody else wrong and not be willing to forgive and still expect to live an empowered, fulfilling, happy, healthy life. It's there just not go. possible. You want to be right or you want to be happy.
1: Oh, exactly. And you know what I get blamed for, and mainly by my own profession as a doctor, is oh, you're making people feel guilty about their illness. And I say, why is giving people information making them feel guilty? You know, if, if a flash, a, a red light is flashing in your car, do I then say, oh, you must have been a bad person. That light is flashing. <laughs> you know? No, I say to you, wow, what a great gift your car's giving you. It's giving you some information that you, without that which your car will stop working.
0: I love your perspective and it is, it's radical, but, um, I'm all about radical faith. So what you're saying is just really deeply resonating as, as profound truth. Okay. And it doesn't mean you're not compassionate.
1: Oh, I'm very, I would say, you know, from my perspective, I'm more compassionate because I'm actually listening to you and too often we're not heard. And so when I say to someone what was going on when you got sick, they're going, oh, thank goodness someone's asking me about my life, not just talking about my illness. I am not my illness. I am my life and my life is maybe needing to have some changes in it. And my body is crying out to be heard. And nobody's yes. listening.
0: And so you listen.
1: I listen. I'm the compassionate listener. And as you probably know, in your your work, most people actually feel so much better just when they're heard, not when it's they're profound. Sick.
0: You know, people will often say to me, Tammy, what do you think I should do about this, or what do you think about that? And I will just stop and say, What do you think? Yes. And they're like, Oh, wow! And then they come up with their own answers yes. and a wisdom that even if I was right, it's deeper. And it's more healing for them because they found it themselves.
1: Right, right. Absolutely. And, you know, I do a practice which is called body wisdom, listen to your body. And I'm amazed that when I actually just talk to the person and allow them to speak as if they're talking from their different organs, Mm -hmm. just the loving energy of their body and how much wisdom comes out of their mouth saying, You know, she's doing really well, but she could just, you know, take some time out. The body never says to us, you know, you should stop eating, you should stop doing this. It's all about compassion. And Mm. we forget that in medicine.
0: It really is. And something else that I got from your book that was so profound, you know, I had struggled with chronic fatigue for years and I did a gestalt. I asked my chronic fatigue what it had to oh, say. And it just said, I I don't want to be hated. I want to be loved. And something you wrote is that most people, their biggest um desire, whether they know it or not, is to be accepted and loved for who they really are. Yeah. And I was yeah. so concerned about other people and accepting accepting and loving me. I wasn't um, focusing on me loving and accepting me. And now that I have done that, it's, it's a lot less important when I encounter people that don't.
1: Hey, oh, well, I hear you. And then I certainly went through similar. I'm, you know, I know the same. And it's all about the immune system. You know, chronic fatigue is part of that, cancer, allergies, etc. And, mm-hmm. and it's mm-hmm. all about where And the, the, the immune system is so connected to the heart. And it's like, where am I not listening to my heart? Where have I lost myself? And and I think these problems are much bigger than just a few diseases. So many people are, as I say, defining themselves by their external sources. I am this person's wife, these children's mother, this CEO. And yet when those things disappear, the children go off to college or even a divorce happens. Many times people feel, well, who am I now? Sometimes in a very positive way. But that's often the time when we get sick, when our outer identities disappear and we suddenly say, well, what, what, who am I? And we, we've forgotten.
0: The big questions. The really big questions. Something else that I think is so uh, powerful and so important in your book is really just coming into balance, claiming our power um, of the divine feminine you mentioned there's a collective amnesia amongst women which began some 3500 years ago with the onset of patriarchal dominance and the suppression of anything feminine this to me is so huge so huge it's something i write about coming into balance with the divine feminine not just for women but for all of humanity so i'd love for you to speak a little bit to that
1: Oh, absolutely. And I, I, I did write the, the book for women and their men, but I felt that women had lost themselves. So that was really mm-hmm. the focus of this. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I feel that my concern is that they, they, for men and women, of course, we need to get back into the terms of what is it to be feminine? It is the nurturing, the caring, the sensitive, the intuitive. Those words are there. And, and in all honesty, I find women have more difficulty with that than often men do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and women have forgotten, and this is very anatomical and physiological, that women are totally cyclical. We have these cycles running through us all the time. We're relating to the moon. We're relating to the earth. But for 35 years, women have cyclical patterns, which is the menses. And for me, the sad part is that women have totally been been told to deny these menses, to deny these cycles. And yet what I would say are they, they are the absolutely fundamental cycles of creativity. That if a woman is not clearing out through her menses, she cannot create the proper soil for the new growth to begin. And I'm encouraging women to actually recognize that they are... The force of transformation that occurs on this planet, not to say men can't do that, but women physiologically, like the earth, can clear things out and make new things grow. And that's what I'm encouraging women to do.
0: To trust themselves, to trust their cycles. Yeah, I went to a gynecologist years ago and he wanted to put me on a birth control pill where I would have uh, a period every four months. And I went, this seems really wrong. And he goes, I've <laughs> never heard a woman complain about this. And I'm like, well, there's something just, it's just intuitively just seems
1: wrong. <laughs> yes, exactly. And, uh, you know, uh, uh, we've also even been conned, I think, in the way of saying, well, you're, a woman's only purpose is to have babies. Well, I'm, I'm all for having babies, but... Women have 420 cycles in their lifetime, and they have one to two children. I cannot believe that the creative energy said, well, we'll give them 420 spare ones just in case. We're not here just to have children. That has often been a a mythology that has been created by those cultures and religions that just want more people in their culture and religion. Yes. But women are here as every month we are giving birth. Every month we are bringing new consciousness into this earth. And for that we need to be uh, honored that we, and, and given space for this so that we take the time to say, excuse me, I'm just needing to download some more new information, which is actually going to be the purpose and the fulfillment of this family and this, this business.
0: Gosh, you know, it's so true, Dr. Page, because, like, my chronic fatigue, once I got in touch with my heart and my creativity and gave myself the space that I needed to say I need to be alone right now to to just write or create, my chronic fatigue lifted. I mean, it didn't happen overnight, but it got better as I listened to my heart and allowed myself to create, got in touch with my own inner uh, wisdom without trying to take on anybody else's opinion or what I needed to be doing. It's really just listening deeply our
1: own souls and And I know that that in the process you would have done a lot of clearing out and I I describe the uterus or the womb and it doesn't matter if you've got one or not for anybody listening but that sacral chakra that energy is like a beautiful pot of soil but if the soil is not changed every month then all that happens is that old roots old weeds continue to flourish and so if we put a new seed into that old pot of soil and it isn't cleared, then all we do is produce the same thing over and over again. Mm-hmm. And so what I've been doing with groups is teaching them how to empty their pot every, every month on the new moon and, and to, or on the first day of their period. But really saying is that women are not only carrying the beliefs, the pains, the grief, the sadness from their own lives but from their ancestral lives at least three generations Mm -hmm. back, if not seven generations. Mm -hmm. And that we need to do that deep inner work that it sounds as if you did, that says, hang on a minute, are my beliefs and perceptions actually serving my new growth or are they just perpetuating something which is painful?
0: And I just really believe it takes such great courage to do this kind of work, but it's the only way we're really going to live up to our potential and our greatest power.
1: Oh, totally. I th- and I think I say to anybody, I mean, I, I'm postmenopausal. I say, don't give up when you've no longer have periods and do it every month. And just imagine that you take a glass of water and you put your everything you're ready to let go of in the water and then, you know, pour it onto the earth because it, it, we need to continue these cycles and to recognize that if you, you know, if you're not just doing it for yourself, a little bit more pressure is... Do it for your great-grandchildren because women don't only even think of their children, their grandchildren, but their great-grandchildren. We are the ones who are setting the path for the future. Mm -hmm. And it is inherent in us at this time to actually heal these wounds, not just by forgiveness or, you know, saying, oh, I hope it never, you know, sending something out. We have to heal the wounds inside ourselves, which often means Letting go of those emotions that are really stifling our growth. Yeah, yeah. to go
0: f- to walk through the process, yeah. and for so yeah. many years, I, I thought it was such a compelling notion just to run away from my pain. But yeah. the fact is, you can't you can't outrun it. It's going to be there. It's going to be there in your psyche, and your subconscious mind. It's going to. It you can run, but you can't hide
1: from it. Exactly, and and ultimately, it is about so. What did you learn from that experience? Because unless we take something valuable from it, it, we are still the victim to the experience. You know, if we can just say, you know, what I learned was I am stronger than I thought I was, or I learned to love myself in a different way. Once that happens, we can let go of the story and all those old beliefs and we move forward. But if we just try and get rid of something without taking anything from it in terms of a a gem of wisdom, uh, we will continually repeat those patterns.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, we miss we miss the point and purpose of it. So it's absolutely. good, I think, to ask. You know, when I've been in challenges, I ask myself, "What is my soul trying to learn from this?" And often, when I get the soul lesson, the the pain or the physical challenges um, tend to just naturally be alleviated.
1: Yes, absolutely. And I know when I you know got sick, I I had to get into okay, what part of me believes my only I value is in helping other people? So I had to face my own inadequacies, my own feelings of, what if nobody needs me at all? What if I have no value? Mm-hmm. And actually, once I did that, it was like, oh, that'd be nice.
0: That's <laughs> actually not such a bad thing. No, I'll
1: just enjoy
0: <laughs> myself. Yeah, what's Instead wrong being, with that? I know. So I, I've been doing that too. I want to be of service. I want to be of service. Well, what if nothing happens? Well, then I get this wonderful, quiet, peaceful life with nature and the animals, and that's not so bad either.
1: <laughs> it's I not can, so bad. I can feel it's just often my own ego or arrogance that thinks that I'm so important to other people, and when I realize I'm not, I think, what a relief.
0: <laughs> then we could just enjoy ourselves. That's not so bad. I love that. So, Christine, I'd like to hear from you your definition of the sacred woman. How would you describe that?
1: She is this wonderful, curvaceous, juicy, fertile, creative, powerful woman. She has very much the different qualities in her which come into any feminine energy, um, which is the virgin mother crone. And what I want to say to every woman and to anybody who's wanting to develop their feminine, the virgin quality is the ability to think of new and fresh ideas. Many of us like that idea. Oh, I've got a new idea. The intuitive side of us, The mother side of us isn't too difficult to understand. We we nurture and we take care of, but it's the crone or the dark goddess energy which has been so suppressed. Mm -hmm. And that energy is present in men and women, and it's that part of us that's Says, I love you so much, I won't let you be less than you are. And that there, I know that when I've gone through what we might call a crisis, whether it's someone I love dying or uh, my own illnesses, I feel the crone has got, is looking at me and saying, you're being less than you are, I won't let you do this. And even though you, m- I might battle with my own inner self saying, no, no, don't take away this that I've created for myself She's saying to me, it's time to let go. And so the crone often comes with death or loss or trying to get us to let go of something so that something much bigger and often better will come into our life. So I say the sacred woman, for every woman and man, it's honoring that part of our life that says, this is finished. Let it go. Create the vacuum in the void, which women are actually very good at doing, and allow something new to come in in a natural way, rather than constantly trying to fill the space.
0: That's so powerful. I've not heard it described like that. And as you're speaking this, it's just resonating so deeply for me, that power of surrender. And it can entail tears, but to let them wash through you and make that space for new birth.
1: Absolutely. And then you imagine, Tammy, if every woman did that every month. Because that is what the patriarchy was so scared of. Because if women let go every month of everything and sit in the void for three days and then get reborn, they have no fear of death. Because they are literally dying to everything every month and then being reborn themselves on the third day. That's what the patriarchy were fearful of. They didn't want anybody because the power that that is held often over us is that fear of death. That something could be taken from us. But when you let go every month, then there is no fear that there is nothing because you know that there is always the new birth will arise.
0: And that sounds like true freedom and liberation. This has been the fastest half hour of my life. (laughs) And, and I so wish the conversation could continue. I would love it if you'd consider coming back again sometime. I think you have just such a wealth of wisdom. You're such a profound woman. And I'm so, so inspired by you and your writings. So, Christine, if somebody wants to get a hold of you or get a hold of your book, The Healing Power of the Sacred Woman, Health, Creativity and Fertility for the Soul, how can they do that?
1: Please do visit uh, my website, which is ChristinePage.com, it's Christine with a CH. And very simple, please enjoy the website, be part of it. And the book is available in our store, but also available on Amazon and other good bookstores.
0: Thank you so, so much, Dr. Page. And thank you to my listeners. I hope you are as deeply inspired and touched on a soul level as I am. And thank you, Brent Carey, for Empower radio i love this form so much and nate you are the producer rock star of all producers so take care of yourself if you want to find me tammybphd.com see me on facebook write to me tammybphd at gmail.com love from my heart to yours namaste onward and upward bye for now